So Matthew 5, you find that on page 809. Right-hand column on the bottom, chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount is a little title. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Then we'll read together also Psalm 10. <clears throat> Continuing on with the, the series in the Psalms that as we celebrate Lord's Supper, we keep going to the next Psalm. We're on Psalm 10 today. That's page 451. From the perspective of one who is being persecuted... Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the de desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are... There is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages, in hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, you will not call to account? But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. 
The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in some versions and translations of the Bible, Psalms 9 and 10 are joined together as one psalm. Like the Vulgate, the Latin translation, it's just one psalm, 9 and 10 together. The confident confession about our just and holy God in Psalm 9, you may remember the message of the picture of a king and the enemies tripping over each other to get away from him and his holiness followed by Psalm 10, where we see perplexity and agony of seeing the wicked prosper, even while they're picking, hurting, picking on the poor and the innocent and the helpless. And when you believe in all that God revealed about himself, it's sometimes harder to deal with hardships in your lives. Sometimes it's so hard that we even wonder where God is like we see in the first verses of Psalm 10. Why does he stand far off and leave us alone to face these things? Why does he hide himself in times of trouble? The psalm then goes on, Psalm 10, verses 2 to 11, it goes on to describe the practical atheism of the wicked in which they accept and do many hurtful things, but they always rule out any interference of God in their lives. And then they confidently affirm that Christians are wrong to think that God can see them. Although there is a time of delay until the day, the final day of judgment, God does see and know very well what is going on. It's the conclusion of the psalm, verse 14. The psalm promises that God will do justice and punish the wicked, and he will bless those who entrust their lives into his hands. Now, as New Testament church, we know more than the church that first sung this psalm, and so we can see how the Lord saved sinners who trusted and believed him. We could see how he did it. Even though the wicked deserve to be punished for their sin and rebellion, we confess that ourselves again this morning. We do still speak of salvation. We do still speak of, of, of mercy. And the Lord reveals this to us and how he does this to us in the New Testament when he, when he talks about sending his own son to die on a cross to pay for our sins. And whenever we think and we feel that God is, is hidden from view or, or perhaps he's standing too far off from us in the face of our suffering and persecution, we can just lift up our eyes and think about the cross, the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ like we will be doing again this morning in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And as we do that, we will be reminded of the gospel of God's holy justice and his marvelous mercy to us in Jesus Christ that I preached to you 
This morning, under the theme that God reveals his justice and mercy in Christ's death on the cross. We'll see that his justice makes the, the strong, so-called strong, weak, and his mercy makes the weak strong. You know how it happened when the Lord Jesus died on the cross. The Gospels tell us that he suffered there under the burden of God's wrath because of the sins which he took upon himself when he presented himself as a substitute sacrifice, a sacrifice in our place. Though he was innocent, he was then punished for the sins that were on his shoulder. And when we look at the cross then, we see, we remember what is promised in Psalm 10, that God does see every sin that is committed. He sees the schemes and the evil plans, Psalm 10 verse 2. He sees the greediness and the arrogance of man, verses 3 to 5. He sees the, the cursing, the deceit, the oppression. He sees the ambushing of the poor. He sees the murders. He sees the denial of God himself. God sees all these sins, all these sins that we commit. He sees all the sins that the wicked are doing. And the cross reminds us in the second place that not only does he see, but he is deeply offended and angry with man's continual rebellion against God. He is angry with man's hatred of his neighbor. We see the depth of his anger against the sin of the whole human race and the punishment and the death of his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who endured the wrath of God that is expressed in the eternal punishments of every creature who had sinned against him. The wrath shows the anger of God against sin. And as Jesus, our Lord Jesus, cried out in agony on the way to the cross as he, as he continually turned to the Lord in prayer for the strength to bear that wrath. And he was crushed. And he was forsaken on the cross. The sun went dark in the middle of the day. And we see the wrath that every wicked person will see and will experience if he does not repent. When God carries out his justice, it'll be like we read in verse 15, that he breaks the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Verse 18, the strong will no longer be able to hurt the righteous anymore. When you see the example of God's holy justice and his glorious anger against the sins that were placed on his own son's shoulders, you know that you don't have to doubt that that prosperity of the wicked that you're seeing, that's a temporary illusion. It does not reflect God's blessing of the wicked. It does not reflect the, the, uh, the blessing of, of the very God whom they are renouncing. God is not like the wicked. The cross shows us that very clearly. 
God is not like the wicked, for he also gives mercy to the oppressed and the needy who trust in him. Because his mercy makes the weak strong. When we look to the cross, we may also see the mercy of God to all who believe in Jesus Christ, to all who hide themselves in him, who trust in his work. Even though we may deserve the same things as the wicked for the sins that we confess, when we confess them, Christ Jesus shields us from the punishment of God because he absorbed the wrath of God against our sins. We hide under Christ who took the punishment for our sins so that God's justice was satisfied even though we didn't pay for it ourselves. The cross shows God's justice against sin and the punishment of his son, but his mercy to all who believe in Jesus Christ and are not punished for their sins. And when you celebrate the Lord's Supper, you celebrate your unity, your union with Jesus Christ who died on a cross for your sins. That makes the weak strong. Anyone who struggles against the sins listed in the first part of Psalm 10 can receive the forgiveness of sins when they confess their sins, when they trust in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, we who hide in in Jesus Christ, who who bear in our bodies the cost of following Christ, of, of bearing the cross, well, we become strong. We have that eternal perspective that the Lord Jesus urges us to have in Matthew 5. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Psalm 10 verse 16 tells us that the almighty king of Psalm 9 in whom we placed our confidence is also the king in Psalm 10 when we are being persecuted and punished and all the nations will perish before him. Every wicked person will give account for his deeds but he hears the desires of the afflicted who call on him in Jesus' name. And brothers and sisters, as we reflect on the cross, on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ again this day, remember God's justice and his mercy, which was so clearly displayed in the cross. We can make a beautiful confession. It's Article 20 of the Belgian Confession. It's words that we should remember. It says, God therefore manifested his justice against his son, when he laid our iniquity on him and poured out his goodness and mercy on us who were were guilty and worthy of damnation. Although the confident confession of Psalm 9 led us to increased perplexity and hardship in Psalm 10, the revelation of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross helps us to understand God's amazing plan. We'll see that more again this afternoon as we look at Lord's Days 5 and 6. In Christ, the weak and the oppressed who trust in God are made strong. And so the promise at the end that God, verse 17, God will strengthen your heart and 
will incline his ear to hear us is true in Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll now sing the last three stanzas of Psalm 10. Psalm 10, stanzas 5, 6, and 7. Standing, if you're able to stand.